Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. What is your order to establish how good the wings are? I'm going to order 10 before I order any more. And the way to find out if they're good is to order 10. Me- medium. Oh, the answer's hot. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. There's more skill involved than in creating the sauce with the medium because you're combining more of the butter with the hot sauce. Used hot. I mean, there's going to throw hot sauce in there. Jeremy White. I think the, the words that were just put together. What? There's more skill involved in a medium? Yes. A medium is the 40-yard dash, and the hot is the shuttle or the three-cone. Not WGR. Real ones, no. Sports Radio 550. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Jeremy White and Sal Capaccio. Sal's in for Joe today. Good morning, Sal. Morning, Jeremy. How are you? Good. It feels, I mean, we talk off the air plenty, but it feels like on the air, long time no talk. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, man, you know, ever since, I, it really goes back a couple of years when the Extra Point show started with Joe and I and me. Um, you know, I don't quite do these shows as much. Every once in a while it happens, but a lot of times it's because you're not here, so I'm in yeah, for you, so right. we don't get a chance to talk. So, you know, uh, not the other way around here. So it's good to talk to you. It's um it's it's good to be here, and you know, after a, a weekend where we had some snow and some blowing, uh, you know, it looks like it might be warming up a little bit this week. We had what baseball just started, uh, pitchers and catchers. So yeah. I'm feeling a little juicy uh, this week after after all that. High of 49 degrees tomorrow. Today it's in the 40s, and I'm looking at yeah. next week we're in the 60s. So we got you know sunshine and about 40 on the way today on uh, on this this Tuesday. So good, well, clear skies, and that'll be fun. Um, yeah, as you mentioned all that, like I'm thinking maybe I should take some time off, but Hey, whatever. It, oh. it, this is actually, you know, it's funny. It's like a time of year where we're in transition for the bills, especially, but it starts quick. I mean, today is the franchise tag window. Next week is the yep. combine. And then we're pretty much into the legal tampering period very shortly after that. And then on to free agency. So like, this is going to come fast and furious. And I also expect this to be a, let's tell my wife, you know, trying to, as we're trying to figure out when to take time off. Looking at April, I thought, well, April's draft month, and I, I feel like for the Bills this year, it's gonna be it's gonna be an intense month. I mean, we're gonna be locked in on a lot of different ideas, and I, I, I've said it before, Sal, in the last couple of weeks that I feel like this this year's draft for the Bills is the most important, interesting, whatever you want to throw on it in terms of how much people are paying attention. I think it's the biggest one since the Allen draft. People want to really, really see what the options are, what they can do, and think it's as important as any year given you know, their cap situation and the roster turnover. Well, I do think that we've said this before. Like last year, I think we said this a lot because they had so many free agents. 
But here's the difference. Um, last year, I mean, this year they have, they're going to have 10 picks. They don't have a 10th officially yet. That's going to be announced by the league uh, soon, you know, compensatory selections as you get closer to the draft. The Bills will have 10. So I think that over the last few years, because of the th- way that the season has ended, because of, you know, guys getting a little bit older here and there, we've had the same discussion. This is the most important draft. They have to find guys. They have to hit. And all of them are important. But with 10 picks this year and such a – they're higher than – they're over the cap, you know, projected to be more than they have been over the last several years. No doubt um, this is going to be a really important draft because it's really funny. I don't know when you um, – I think you were not on one day or you were, I don't know. Did, I don't know if you heard my interview with Evan Lazar of uh, Patriots.com. He covers the Patriots. It was really good. Last week we talked with Joe was off actually. And I, I really like, you know, how he broke it down the Patriots in their dynasty and like the different iterations is what he said. Like they went through a certain stage and they had to kind of replenish, went through another stage, had to replenish, went through another stage. And all the while they were winning, but they won in different ways. They won with different, um, kind of off seasons, they won with different players, different personnel. They always had Brady, of course. That's the the constant and Belichick. But I feel like that's what the Bills have to do a little bit here, which is to keep up to where they are, to try to beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are like this in a sense. Last year they were certainly like this. The Bills have to have a different version of themselves over the next several years than they did the last few years, and that's got to start to me with getting some younger talent and cheaper labor, if you want to call it that. And you've started your State of the Bills series at our website. Quarterback and running back already up. What's the schedule for the rest of the uh, you know the positions as we go? We're going to do wide receiver, get into that today. And, you know, I started on that. It's a, it's a longer group, obviously, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of questions. So digging into that a little bit more, and then we'll do, you know, tight ends, offensive line. We'll finish up the offense. We'll get to the defense later this week, early next week, when the combine starts as well with a lot going on. But, you know, I always start with quarterbacks, and I think I usually go with running backs next. But honestly, Jeremy, these were the, the two of the easiest positions to do for yep. me. Now, uh, basically, now there are, there are questions, but the, the biggest reason is because neither of them have a question at their starter. Now, running back has been a bit of a more of a question mark over the last few years. Is that, well, should they get somebody instead of Devin Singletary? And who do they have? And are they going to go out and get Derrick Henry? Are they going to go and, you know, draft somebody early? Things like that. We talked about these free agents, but... Not anymore to me. You guys had a great conversation yesterday about running back, so I don't want to necessarily have to rehash all that, no, but I thought it was great because it really fit into the what I was writing about with James Cook, which is, to me, he's clearly the number one running back on this team. Now, even if a fan out there says, well, I don't really like his style, which a few fans said, you know, for him to be a running back one, there is no doubt in my mind at all, Jeremy, that the Buffalo Bills are treating James Cook as running back one for the next couple of years. Yeah, he'll... He is very likely to lead the team in, in rushes this and touches from the running back position this upcoming season. And the kind of guy they get around, the guys they get in the room around him, it'll be interesting. You know, Sales, we get into this and we'll talk. We got plenty coming up today. We got Sabres head coach Don Granado at 8, Paul at 7.30. We'll talk about last night's or yesterday afternoon's Sabres game. So we've got some of that, but, you know, we just kind of found our way to the Bills real quickly. You know, looking at, at, at the first three positions on your state of the Bills, would quarterback and running back, would, would I be wrong to say, it feels like for me, that's a spot where a team in a cap crunch can help themselves. They can decide, we're going to keep that cheap. I mean, quarterback will be an interesting conversation on what to do, 
because there's merit to drafting one. Uh, of course, having that uncertainty at that spot and getting somebody you can count on that's played games before has value, but that mm-hmm. that started to get expensive. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was expensive for the Steelers, right? So if you're a team that's looking to save yep. money like the Bills, I think quarterback and running back are two spots where you really could save a lot of money if, in fact, you want to play it kind of cheap. And I think they almost have to do that, right? It's not even that, yeah, because here's the reason there. Um, Yeah, you want to play it cheap, but you have an ability to do that here. Like, if you take a look at the running back spot, and and this is also why I really kind of thought the two were very similar, which is you have your number one guy. Now, the the big difference is obviously you have Josh Allen. He's on this huge cap number. You can restructure that. That's the question. James Cook isn't. Jeremy, the, the Bills have a dream scenario with James Cook on a rookie contract and being fourth in the league in rushing, right? I mean, like, okay, great, let's go. Because the Bills don't want to spend a ton of assets on running backs. They don't want to spend big money on running backs. They don't have to, and they have a really good one, so that's nice. They have a franchise quarterback. That's nice. All right, the question is, what do you do behind them? You don't have to spend to have what really good teams have. <coughs> Excuse me. You can go to – you can basically have vet minimum deals for these guys. Now – Quarterback is a little trickier because of what you said. If you want to have a really solid backup who might have some options elsewhere, you're going to have to pay a little. I don't think the Bills need to do that. Necessarily, they want to do that. To me, the quarterback room is going to look like exactly what it looked like last year. Now, the name might change. Kyle Allen could be somebody else. It might be Kyle Allen. But you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be a veteran who's not going to cost any money and probably doesn't have a you know, a ton of skin in, in the game yet, but he's played a little bit, started maybe here and there, and then they're going to have Sam Buchel, and they already have him, and he's on a rookie contract, and he's only going into his fourth year, and he can be on the practice squad. I think it looks exactly like that, and I don't think the Bills have any interest in making it look any different. Now, that might mean a late-round draft pick. That's fine. Or that might mean someone just like Kyle Allen, but I can't see them spending any more than what it would pay a, a guy like that. Yeah. 803 our number. Plenty to get to on the Bills. Uh, with regard to the offseason, the franchise tag window opens today for guys like T. Higgins, maybe Legereus Sneed with the Chiefs, uh, basically anybody who's a free agent. We don't expect the Bills to be using their free agency, uh, their franchise tag. I mean, they have a long list of free agents, but there's not really anybody worth keeping on a one-year deal at top five salary. So, um, you know, the Bills have a lot of decisions to make, but franchise tag seems like an easy one. You know, Brandon Bean can go ahead and sleep in today. Not, not even, it's, it's also not the deadline today. It's the opening of the window. They have weeks to decide if they're going to do it. My guess is every player that is going to be franchise tagged has a pretty good idea as the teams can, you know, communicate with, with agents and all that. So that's today and uh, plenty to get to on the Bills. I've got I've got a wide receiver idea of the day, as you're going to post your wide receiver, uh, State of the Bills wide receiver group coming up today. Uh, have two people have wrote, written in a wide receiver idea, idea of the day about going way up in the draft, which, you know, we can talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got some trivia, stat of the day, all our good stuff. But we're going to get to a phone call here early uh, on the Sabres because Larry's called in. And, well, the Sabres played yesterday, Sal, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about their state of affairs as well with their uh, head coach coming up at 8 o'clock. So Larry in South Florida. Larry, good morning. You can, you can lead us off on the Sabres here. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, Sal. It's been a while since we chatted. So, Jeremy, as you know, we've, we talk a lot, and I've talked about um, Granado. I've talked about the GM. Uh, but yesterday was the absolute last straw for me. <laughs> like You lost to the Ducks for the second time, I think, 
2024, you know, once in Anaheim, now here. So I want to talk about the state of this team, starting with the GM, number one. So for me, you lost Quinn early in the summer, and you knew about it. But we did nothing. We did go get two defensemen, one past his prime, and then one that the Bruins gave up on. So that just that wasn't enough. We talked about that a lot. And then recently we lost Quinn, we lost Samuelson, and we lost um, power basically for the remainder of the year. I know there's a shot they might come back, but it, it, in essence it's you know, for the rest of the year. And there's been nothing done. So I know you got to have the right trade partner, but we have all this equity. We have all this young talent and nothing. And the thing that's the hardest part for me is we've had two number one overalls. We've had power, Darlene. Now we know Darlene is amazing and power looks like he's going to be a really solid NHL player, but the luck of the draft, of course, we don't. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I have a shot at, um, you know, we don't get McDavid. We don't get Bernard. We don't get Austin Matthews. I mean, that's just the luck of the draw. There's nothing we can do about yep. that, not the GM's fault. But we have those two guys. Where is it gotten us? Really nowhere. We have Eichel Reinhardt with number two overalls. Well, we trade Eichel. Two years later, he's hoisting the cup. We trade Reinhardt. Two years later, he's in the cup finals. But my favorite one is what happened with Ryan O'Reilly. He's a fantastic player. And after a short amount of time in Buffalo, the guy says he lost his love for hockey. We then trade him to St. Louis. Very next season, wins the cup. But the best part is he's the cup final MVP. So I think the trouble, even though I, I'm super thankful for the Pagoulas, for Keith signing, the, I mean, uh, buying the team and keeping them in Buffalo, what I'm not thankful for is what their hockey decisions have been and who is making the decisions. Because this team only in 13 years has had a small sniff at the playoffs, and that was last year. 
And with all the talent we have had in the NHL, when half the teams make it, how do you not get in the top eight in your conference at least once in 13 years? Gentlemen, I, I don't understand what it's going to take for them to pull the trigger, like how long it took to get rid of um, Kruger and then Housley. And I think it's more than a coach. I think it's the GM, it's a coach, and it's whoever is making the hockey decisions is where the big problem lies. So I'd love to get your thoughts. And I'd love to get T. Hickens. <laughs> I know we talked about it, but I know it's not going to happen. But, man, I'd love that. Thanks, Larry. A lot, lot there. On, on T. Higgins, we'll get to that a little bit later. He's likely to be franchise tagged. I was listening earlier to the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs do a podcast. And they, they were talking about wide receiver targets, who might land where. And I listened the whole time waiting to hear anybody to the Bills because, you know, it's going to be a little bit of bargain shopping. And the name Darnell Mooney came out. And there's one other that I oh, – DJ Chark was the other one as an idea for the Bills. So if you're thinking receivers and free agency – you know, as we just went through the quarterbacks and running backs, you're going to have to go down to the, the bottom and get kind of cheap. On the Sabres, I, you know, Larry, there's, there's been a million opportunities to have it be the last straw. And I, I'm not the kind of person that makes a game where they obviously should have won by a lot as the last straw. I mean, they had colossal mistakes in their own zone. Eric Johnson, top of the list, and Lukanen probably should have made a couple saves. They dominated the game. They were the better team, and they lose. And unfortunately in hockey, Sal, you know how this works, when you're at the bottom of the standings and you have a game where you play like you should have won but don't, there's not really an excuse. I almost look like I almost look at it like yesterday's game was the uh, karma for the Minnesota game, where they maybe did not deserve <laughs> to come out with a win, but they did. L- long like w- what's the big picture of yesterday? I don't know. It's just it's water under the bridge. I- I'm not more upset about yesterday. The thing I found most interesting about yesterday's loss was the post game what Don Granado had to say, and we'll talk to him about it at 8 o'clock. When he ran through all the things that have gone wrong for them and how they are getting better in areas that they've targeted. So, okay, they, they feel like they are getting better at areas that they've targeted, and the cost has been they don't score anymore. He said that's all going to come back. Granado believes that, they, that their fundamental, whatever, foundational stuff that they are putting in is going to make them better long-term? And that's a question I'm going to ask him today. Do you believe things are going in the right direction? Because he laid out, we are better at X, Y, Z, and the thing we were great at before is going to come back because we know we can do that. We've seen these guys score. Everybody, just about everybody, is having a bad year scoring the puck. And I think Granado is of the belief that they are doing work foundationally and that it will turn around next year because, you know, I would imagine he's here next year. I'd imagine Kevin Adams is here next year. If you're Larry, if you're looking for big changes, I don't know who makes those changes because Kevin Adams is in charge of the hockey team, and I don't know if Terry Pagulas have of a mind to, to fire him. I don't think so. I think this operation is going to keep going, and that the people running it really truly believe this is a bad year, and that they will turn it around. Well, one of the questions Larry brought up was, or one of the ways he phrased it, he says, not Adams, it's not Granados, the people making hockey decisions. I, I don't have any reason to believe anybody other than them is making hockey decisions. I, I don't think that Terry Bagula is you know, telling them exactly who to sign, not to sign, and making hockey decisions. I mean, there's going to be a budget of some sort, right? But I don't think this team has operated at least the last year or so like they have this incredibly insane low budget. They've gone out and spent 
contracts on their players that they have faith in and believe in, and they're younger, and that's the way they've operated. And you could definitely argue, well, maybe they shouldn't have given Tage or Dylan Cousins or Matias Samuelson, especially with the injuries. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. No, th- that's a separate argument. But I, 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 I don't think, Larry, that like anybody other than them is making the hockey decisions. I think Kevin Adams has a lot of reign to do what he needs to do or feels like he needs to do for this team. Um, I'm not as sure as you, Jeremy, on that, that Don Granato is going to be behind the bench next year. Now, I don't think any change will come before the offseason. And I don't even know. I mean, the, I agree with you that it's probably less likely than more likely. But I do think that there's going to be an evaluation there, which when I hear Don Granato talk about that, I'm thinking, but will you be the guy that's going to be able to steer the ship when it does come back? As he says, it's going to come back. He is, as Joe has pointed out many times, you guys have, he is now the head coach of the Sabres longer than any of these other head coaches have been during the drought, which is wild to me. And because I don't, I don't view him as like some long-term coach. Maybe that's also an indictment and a statement on how much they've turned over coaches, obviously, you know, before him. Yeah. it, It reminds me a little bit as you're sitting there and laying it out, Jeremy, it's funny. It reminds me a little bit of why can't the bills throw deep and get explosive plays. That's who they've been. It's got to come back. You have Josh Allen. It's got to come back. The difference is obviously they've had some changeover in personnel, but not a ton. John Brown is gone. Cole Beasley's gone. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, you can have some guys in and out. They've done that. But it's the same thing it reminds me of, which is the Bills have a certain, you know, uh, identity that they've used to win a lot of games for a few years, and suddenly it's just vanished. And where is it? And it never came back last year. And it was actually to their detriment as they went down the stretch and they could have used it because obviously we saw in the playoffs that was something that held them back by not making a couple of those downfield plays. So I know it's not a one-for-one example, but for him to say it's going to come back, it doesn't doesn't have to come back. Why is it? And I do think part of the reason it hasn't happened is because of the style that he has changed a bit, which he has openly talked about, which is try to be a little bit more responsible in your your defensive zone. I get it. That's what coaches say. That's what you want to do, and you got to do that. These guys are highly skilled. They'll put seven pucks in the back of your net every night if you're not doing that. But it feels to me like something has to be tied in there with that particular approach and them not scoring as much. Yeah, it's tough. I mean... I, I don't know what to do about Middlestat. I don't know what the Sabres should do about their long-term build, how much we are all shaken about what their core is, because a year ago at this time, things looked to be definitely going in the right direction, and a lot of the good faith had been restored between the, the, the fans and the team, and a lot of that has been damaged this year. The, the, the thing I'd say about like hockey decisions, I would not even worry about who's making the hockey decisions. I'd worry about what caliber of decision they're able to make, and by that I mean... I don't think the Sabres are playing with a full deck in free agency, and I don't think they're playing with a full deck in the trade market. I don't think they're playing with a full deck when it comes to hiring coaches. I don't know that this organization has the credibility to get a guy like if Gerard Gallant or Bruce Boudreau was going to be available, would they take this job? You've got a free agent on the market. Why would he take the phone call here? You've seen like the, the point about Reinhardt and Eichel and O'Reilly and the guys that have left. To me, the, one of the bigger points is these guys are respected around the league, and if they are asked about this franchise, what do they say? You have it, it's not a secret, you know. You've got guys that have come here, whether it's Alex Tuck who grew up as a fan, or younger players that get drafted and signed, and you know they're treated well. So they haven't been through a, a lot of the losing. They don't feel horrible about this place. But if you are a player and entering free agency, and you know any one of those three or four or five, add more names to the list, and you say, so what? What do you think about Buffalo? What's the operation up there? They might not have bad things to say about the city or the fans, 
but the organization, I mean, I, I think that they've done incredible damage to the reputation of the organization, and overcoming that is going to take winning. Last year, they did a lot for that just to get competitive, but I don't. there's a free agent on the market. I don't think you can get him. Nameless, faceless free agents. Look who they signed, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson. You could say that they did that because they identified these guys as bottom six. Those might be the only calls they were able to get. Who's who's in free agency, a young, exciting player that's going to sign here long-term? If you wanted to trade for Jacob Chikrin and he's got a no-trade clause, is he going to tell you to buzz off? Timo Meyer, right? The Devils traded for him and signed him. If you traded for him, would he have signed? There's plenty of reason to wonder if the Buffalo Sabres are operating on the same level as all these other teams. It's it's almost like a team that has financial restrictions placed on them by a league for breaking the rules, right? Say, like, you have a certain number of, of scholarships that you could have because your team broke rules, and you just don't have the same freedom that you used to have. So, to me, that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. If they keep signing no free agents and trades aren't made with guys with no trade clauses, I, to me, that's writing on the wall to say you can't compete with other teams to get these players. Sabres and NCAA sanctions, that's where we are right now. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, right. No, it's a great, it's a great comparison. Well, this is – I know I'm going to sound like old man yelling at clouds. I get it because, like, come on, no, the players should have this freedom. But it's one of the reasons I hate all the no-movement clause and no-trade clauses that are allowed in this league for all these guys that sign. Okay, well, five teams, and you put these lists together. It also is chicken and egg, Jeremy, because while all you say is, is right and probably correct – they're also not good, so anytime you have a chance to get a player, like, why would I go there? They're not going to be winning. I want a chance to win something, right? So there's it's a non-starter even yeah. because these players, it's not even necessarily going to an organization where they may have heard that it's not great to be at. Maybe they've heard it's a great organization, but why would I go to that team and that's right there in the standings? No, my no-movement clause, my no-trade clause, I'm not putting them on my list of teams that I'm allowed to go to. So it is a really, really tough, tough cycle, which is why, by the way, Back in 2013 and 14, the team did what they did to get to the bottom because remember what the talk was. If you can't trade for them, you can't sign them, what do you do? You draft them, yeah. and they have to come here. Yep. And that's why they did what they did. And I have no interest in doing anything like that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, people have prospect fatigue, so it, it would, it'd be tough. 803-0550. Thanks, Larry. That's our, our phone number. It's 803-0550. You know, you want on the Sabres, you can give us a ring. We'll talk plenty of Sabres today. We'll pl- talk plenty of Bills. We've got Don Granado coming up at 8 o'clock, Paul Hamilton at 730. Wide receiver idea of the day. Bills-related trivia. State of, the, state of the team, quarterback, running back. Some wide receiver juicy rumors out there. Brandon Ayuk's trade apparently getting uh, more and more juice. So maybe he gets moved. Plenty to get to on this uh, Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us. Joe's out today. Sal Capaccio is in with me, Jeremy White, Josh Schmidt, producing. Fire a phone call our way. What do you like about you know quarterback, receiver, running back for the Bills in this offseason? And uh, if you want to share your thought on the Sabres, we'll have it. I feel like we've we've very much crossed this, the, the, the space of screaming about them just to kind of sit here and say, like, you know, it is, it is what it is. And <laughs> multiple times I've come in and said, like, anybody got any ideas on, on what to do? Trade deadline, the next uh, the next big date, I guess. You can join us, 803-0550 on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.